Beauty and the Beast. It's everyone's favorite classic and the only animated film in history to be nominated for Best Picture. Now, get ready to be our guest for a perfectly enchanting new movie now in production. Come on, what are we waiting for, Christmas? Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. It's the world premiere of a brand new Disney classic coming only to video. A never before told chapter in the Beauty and the Beast legend. The classic tale of a young girl, her enchanted friends, and the one thing that just might touch the heart of a beast, the spirit of Christmas. Welcome to another episode of Below Freezing with CJ and Micah. I'm CJ. I'm Micah. And this is a weekly show in which we unthaw a different movie that comes in at or below 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's been a while. <laughs> it's It's been a while season the holiday season shit happens cj is real tired um (laughs) so uh this episode is actually going to serve as the season finale of below freezing it's been quite the year because uh we we definitely yeah we started in january and we've been on it in some sort of consistent capacity for almost a year. So that's been really fun. And uh, I'm excited to see what the new year is going to bring. But uh, I did want to do uh, try another try our hand again at a holiday special. Because uh, we tried to get something together for Easter, but that didn't come together very well. We uh, got a couple of Halloween episodes in and... Also, we did an episode for Beyonce's birthday. That's also a national holiday. I love it. Listen, of all the holidays for us to hit, that's the most on brand. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, and that's the one that came out in like really good proximity of the actual day <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, we've, got a, we've got a brand and we're sticking to it. But, yeah, this is, a, <laughs> this is our Christmas episode. Happy day after Christmas, wherever you are. But we wanted to, I wanted to do a Disney movie. We'd already done one before, Max Keeble's Big Move. Shout out to Dan. Uh, But (laughs) I wanted to, I I wanted to do one that I hadn't never seen and I have never seen today's movie. I can't believe you made it this far. In life, without seeing this, <laughs> so I, I I've seen I never clips saw it. from it. I was I've shocked. seen clips from it because Lindsay Ellis used to do like countdown videos of like the worst Disney sequels <laughs> and stuff like that. And it belongs so, on those countdowns. Oh my god! But before we jump into it all the way, we have two special guests with us. Yay. Uh, two special yeah. returning guests. The fabulous Megan Lynn, who was our first guest ever on the show. Hey, guys. Coming back to cap off the season with us. I and am so excited. Then, <laughs> and uh, uh, the other guest we have is Dan Purcell, friend of the show, a uh, friend of me. He's back. <laughs> Happy Boxing Day, everybody. <laughs> oh, is that when Boxing Day is the day? Yeah, after yes, it is. Christmas? Uh-huh. yes, it is. Happy Boxing Day, now, everybody. <laughs> does it have anything to do with actual boxing? So I don't think so. I don't think it has to do with the sport boxing. There is a. I think there's like another thing that's called boxing in Canada that has something to do with that specific day. I want to say 
it's something to do with like you know back in the old times when people had like housekeepers and servants and stuff i want to say that like the day after christmas they gave them specific gifts like the family gave the, their Just housekeeping the yeah boxes. exactly yeah and the leftovers <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it i don't know Good. if it's because of the leftovers but i think that that's i think it's Good. it is a british holiday so this is all still Real on yeah. brand. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Not to yeah. overuse the phrase, but it's very on brand for the Brits. So, uh, <laughs> y'all know what y'all did. But yeah, this uh, this week we really wanted to do a Christmas movie, and what better way to ring in? Uh, the end of the season and the holiday season, but with Beauty and the Beast colon the Enchanted Christmas. God, this movie. Out loud. I've been calling it Bell's Enchanted Christmas for literal years. I thought um, that it was called Bell's Enchanted Christmas too. I also there's thought that. Another, I, there's another sequel might, that says Bell's Enchanted something. Yeah, it's but, Bell's Magical World. That's and it. it is, if possible infinitely worse than this one really oh wow i feel like you gotta work for that (laughs) i've only watched it once in childhood and um it's i remember hating it and i liked the enchanted christmas as a kid (laughs) and even as a kid i hated bell's magical world Mm. (laughs) i thought i remembered not liking this i've been shitting on it all week leading up to it because i know it's bad (laughs) Ever since we decided to do this for the Christmas special, I've been thrilled because it's horrendous. And I thought I remembered thinking it was horrendous. But then the opening animation started and they use the same musical motif through the whole thing. That's the like big ballady song. And that hit me in the nostalgia. And I thought, oh, shit, wait, no, I liked this. (laughs) I'm thinking too highly of myself in in retrospect. I liked this. So I was, I when the movie first came on, actually, before we jump to the recap, do you have the Rotten Tomatoes score and consensus pulled up, Micah? I do. Um, it doesn't have a consensus yet, so I guess that's up to us. But um, <laughs> We score, shall be the consensus. <laughs> it, it'll be us. We're going to be the definitive uh, consensus. Um, its score is 13%, and you know what? Fair. 100 Totally fair. <laughs> So uh, for me, uh, Beauty and the Beast was a blind spot for me for a very long time because I didn't see it until my senior year of high school. Mm. That uh, is Because crazy. in my senior year of high school, well, in my senior year, of, it's just one, not one of the ones we had on VHS. Mm-hmm. And when I was a senior in high school, they re-released it in theaters in 3D. Oh, that's uh, yes. right. They did because, that's Micah, correct. we went to see that for my 21st birthday. We sure did. <laughs> we sure did. Yep. Was it your 21st? Pretty sure. Yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. We, did, we were together. We were in the theater. We were singing. Little kids were judging us. They were. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I never saw this or any of the sequels. Beauty and the Beast was just one of those things, like, um, <coughs> sort of like how the rescuers down under is for some people. Yes. I think a lot of people oh, yeah. remember commercials in the little VHS package on mm-hmm. the other VHSs about some of these movies, specifically right. uh, Bell's Magical World. 
because it was on a lot of them like right before like the 101 dalmatians video game mm. for the computer and stuff yeah totally. the toy story um, video game for the super nintendo system yeah yeah i yeah. very and, very distinctly <laughs> remember that one <laughs> that's how my commercial rabbit hole actually started micah for anyone who wants some behind oh. the scenes lore about your hosts <laughs> here um <laughs> i like to get on youtube and just uh type in insert year here commercial break and just watch commercials from like years <laughs> from years past right and it started because i stumbled upon on youtube that people rip the preview packages from like right before the movie started on vhs's and put those mm. on youtube too and that's how it started <laughs> and man i have watched a couple of those you talk about just hitting you in the nostalgia like a truck man right yeah like yeah i've retained those in ways i did not realize yeah exactly right. it's stuff that you don't remember you remember until you see it or hear it and you're just like oh my god it's just like back the one of the kids the the little brother telling his like toddler sister about how great disneyland is gonna be <gasps> oh yes oh man yeah <laughs> Because yep. Goofy's huge. That I love. I I love all of that stuff. But yeah, so uh, I used to see stuff like that for these VHSs. We didn't own many of the sequels, the direct-to-video sequels. Mm -hmm. uh, we had The Lion King two, and we had Pocahontas two, A mm -hmm. New World, because I was young and I thought Pocahontas was good. <laughs> um, I loved Pocahontas. We owned that sequel. Oh yeah, we owned that sequel well. too. And I watched that one. Yes. A lot too. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, that I still remember we songs from that. One. <laughs> Yeah, that's that one is. I have speaking no memory of, of it. Speaking of songs, the one thing that's interesting about this movie that does not change when it like comes from like any other direct-to-video sequel to a Disney Renaissance movie is that all of the songs are just the songs from the original, but worse. <laughs> yes. So much say, worse. This is like this is like half-assed Howard Ashman and Alan Menken music. I'm like. <laughs> That's all, all of it, and I, I think this is specific to this movie. Yeah. That's all mysteriously just, like, kind of offbeat. Yeah. yeah. There was, like, no yeah. sense of rhythm so to any of the songs. It was yeah. awful. The villain song in particular offends me. They're all bad. They're all, They're so all bad. really bad. And there's so many of them, too. This movie is only an hour and 14 minutes long. It is and it has five shortest. songs. Yeah. It's both the shortest and also the longest movie. In the oh, yeah, it's right. very long. <laughs> and it's the award for an short, long movie minutes. goes to. When I thought to. that, I thought, oh, gosh, that's like an episode of a K-drama. Like, this, I'm going to breeze yeah. through this. No, it was a slog. It was. And part of that is because there's so many songs and they're all horrendous and they're all very similar to each other. Um, at least all of Belle's songs are very similar to each other. But yeah. the villain song is awful yeah. and the animation in the in that sequence <laughs> is very off-putting uh all, um, the animation whenever the villain who is an organ like a church organ like named, a pipe organ yeah yeah, yeah he's a named big -ass forte pipe organ. named forte uh, voiced yeah, by, tim played by tim curry, curry. yes tim yeah. the curry <laughs> him being tim curry is the worst part about it because i can't believe they done tim curry so dirty. very true yeah yeah, yeah. 
because this is uh, and before we even jump into that the framing device of this is that it's christmas at the castle and everyone's human again mm -hmm. because beauty and the beast happened beauty yeah beautied beast yeah. beasted this, that i did went crazy that i did not see coming only because beauty and the beast is also a blind spot for me and it still is i literally only know it contextually through the music that that is like the most popular music like be our guest and the title track and that stuff and we got and some then catching up for you guys i know it through like scenes like i would i would know I, I would know scenes but i wouldn't know like the actual movie in its entirety so i was really surprised yeah. that it took place right smack in the middle <laughs> of the movie oh yes this is a mid quote my friend yes <laughs> So you're going to tell me that the only Beauty and the Beast property you watched in its entirety is Oh, is no. This? Oh, God. <laughs> that hurts my heart. I'm so oh, sorry. I'm glad that we're like, we're an even bunch of, you know, Dan and CJ don't have a big connection to Beauty and the Beast. And Micah and I have a very big connection to Beauty and the Beast. Like, Okay, so I have a yeah. decent connection to Beauty and the Beast. I like the music of the original. I engage with that a Same. lot before I engage mm -hmm. with the actual yeah. movie. I'm a big Howard Ashman person to the point where I get uncomfortable when they do rehashes, remakes, reboots of stuff where Howard Ashman had a lot of involvement right. because they always end up adding songs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the songs never sound like Ashman and Megan. They never sound like it. Right. And, it, and it's off-putting. That's why I can't watch the Beauty and the Beast uh, Sage musical. It's why um, the, the prospect of the Little Mermaid uh, remake kind of spooks me a little bit because you know they were going to want to add songs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. it's also why uh, I, I will say that like, Maybe I can deal with the Broadway version of Aladdin. The Broadway version uh, of Aladdin. Which is good. It, the Broadway version of Aladdin is the version of Aladdin that I like the most. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I can't I can't really deal with it. But uh, like even when the remake came out in 2017, <laughs> which Micah guessed it on uh, the Film Rescue Pod to try and fix. Mm -hmm. uh, I did. Yeah, when even when that came out, I was there's good songs in that movie, but they're just really off-putting because they're not Howard Ashman songs. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you see Disney shift from that, like The Lion King, The Lion King just happened to have Elton John on its side. <laughs> but when like <laughs> but like when the actual music of Disney started to change after Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Mm. So it never feels the same. And this is even more egregious because one, they're not Howard Ashman songs and two, they're all just awful songs to begin with. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's so wild. But the framing device on this movie is so stupid too <laughs> because it is Chip asking to be told a story, a story that he lived through. <laughs> <laughs> that happened not 12 months ago. <laughs> and he was there for. Just, and then like Bernadette Peters was there and I was like, what's Bernadette Peters doing here? How did they get Bernadette Peters to do this? How did how? they get, how did they get all of the it original It was the late cast? 90s. Bernadette Peters yeah. was doing anything Disney wanted her to do. <laughs> they got everybody from the original cast, 
Bernadette Peters, Paul Rubens, and Tim Curry. How? (laughs) It was just like very obviously mid-budget, mid-quill of a movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's... What I will say for this, uh, quality-wise... Um, as far as the animation goes, like the art itself is not the worst I have seen in a Disney sequel. Right. Right. Um, no. it's not the No best. one was off model. Right. Yeah. 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 Like overall, I think it looks nice. I think the, I think the backgrounds all look nice. I thought it was weird that the castle is so different than the original. And also movie. extremely detailed. Like... <laughs> The yeah. all of the all of the exteriors of the castle are like really intricate. That's like the best thing I can say about the movie. <laughs> that's probably yeah. yeah. I mean, that's probably the matte Which, painters doing yeah. their doing their job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so odd that it's so different from the original. Um, mm. There are moments like like the beast in his prince form. I think suffers the most. Mm-hmm. Animation wise, he looks mm-hmm. the worst. Um, his voice acting, I think, is the worst. Um, <laughs> He's also and, and super nondescript in like the original movie too. Right. He's yeah. just like he turns back into the beast, and then because I remember I saw it for the first time, and I'm just like, I think I like the beast. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> we all do. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, but I thought the animation quality, it's not its not like a hunchback, too. That no. one, I think, is one of my examples of, like... Was it just a love? <laughs> oh, God. And the drop in animation quality in that one is... So bad. And then the Aladdin ones are terrible, too. So, yeah, this one wasn't bad. But I do feel like... I feel like there's... Even though she was... I don't know if she was really off-model, but the animation on Belle really threw me. I feel like yeah. it's just she just enough. she looked certain... she just looked high half of the time, like she looked stoned. <laughs> in certain instances, like the in betweens were really good and really fluid, and mm-hmm. then in other instances they were very choppy, and you could really tell. Like some of the instances where like Chip hops up and down, I could tell, and like the little. Um, Piccolo? What mm-hmm. it was a piccolo, right? It was a piccolo. Um, yes, named Fife. Named Fife. Uh, and then also in Bell, um, there was like this one scene where she like runs into a close up and she's just she like goes, huh. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what happens. She like it's like the most fluid robotic motion that I've ever seen where she's like, huh. <laughs> but okay so when and sorry to har- harp on Howard Ashman more but when Howard Ashman came in right he he really uh pioneered for Disney at least the sort of Broadway style of the dialogue leading into the song mm-hmm. where it felt natural and stuff like that coming leading into the song and then out of the song right and but with this especially um stories is that what the song is called yeah i think so oh Oh, where she's talking about how she's gonna she's gonna like write a story for the beast for christmas right Mm -hmm. yes one again the first that was the first time where i was just like okay like did they just not give Paige o'hara like like headphones while she was singing because she is behind because no she's not behind she's in front of the beat she's like 
she's like maybe a, like a second and a half in front of the beat. Yeah. And it is so annoying. <laughs> it is. It's and so her bad. singing's not very good in that segment. I it's the worst song. And it's also my favorite animation in the film. <laughs> yeah. I really like that like medieval illustration like yeah. animation thing that it yeah, does. It's nice. That's really pretty. Yeah. Um, but also that song is god awful. So bad. And then it ends it ends, right? And then instead of it just naturally going back into the conversation that she was having with Chip, who again seems to be involved <laughs> in every step of the way. <laughs> He's yep. present in, in terms of like conscious. the story. He's this present like, and accountable. Little shit just wanted a story about himself. <laughs> but she's she's finished and she like could like go back into talking and having her uh her conversation with Chip. But no, it sort of ends like ta-da, that was my song. Now it's finished talking. <laughs> Hold for a pause and, like... and then <laughs> I think that what's the worst, uh, the, a transition that's worse than that is the Cogsworth and Lumiere song. That's like at the emotional climax of the movie, if you can call oh, it that. Yeah. But then they I stop to have this wacky song. duet that's like a minute and 30 seconds long, maybe, but just long enough to like grind everything to a halt. And then it's ended by the beasts coming in to like finish the emotional climax. And they all like literally freeze and look at the beast like, oh. What? Oh. <laughs> I could That's not the believe best that. song out of all of them, I think. It's the worst placement. So and, bad. like, also some really shitty animation, but it's the best song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I At that point, I was so bored, I just skipped through that song. <laughs> which, I mean, it's, un- <laughs> it's unfortunate. If it's the best song, I, mean, I don't have any memory of it. <laughs> I mean, relative. So you're not really missing much. It's the best out of these, right? It's still bad. Terrible. But it's better than stories. So I want to talk about something that always comes into my brain when I see a movie like this. Which is, um, how did, what could we say? Let's maybe 16th century France? Sure. Right? Around them. How and why at least in this Disney movie, are they celebrating this very contemporary version of Christmas? <laughs> That's a good point. Excellent question. These are valid questions. I mean, they, they, are, they have glass, like, circular ornaments that they are hanging on this tree. There, like, there's that. Yeah. There is also the fact that in um, either in one of his songs or maybe in a monologue he was doing, the Tim Care, Tim Corey, yeah, Tim well, Tim Curry, why can't I speak? Tim Curry. Tim Curry, piano person, uh, references hell. So the Judeo-Christian yes. God does exist in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I saw, yeah, no, it's... no, what, it blew my mind because that's a, it's a G-rated movie. <laughs> And I was like, like Whoa. And I, and that, I mean, it, it kind of shook me, but not really like I like my favorite Disney movie is Sleeping Beauty. And they say like, damn, and right. stuff and all that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they they say that. So like it opens this floodgate of questions as to like, <laughs> like um, so this also puts into uh, this also like runs up against the fact that apparently witchcraft uh, and, and magic exists in this world. Yes. Why? And I was, I spent a lot of time focusing on that and not on the movie. 
I mean, that line it's of thought is probably more interesting than the movie, the plot of yeah, the movie. It's a so, bad, boring you know. movie. True. It's such a yeah. It's such a mishmash of like traditions they've collected here, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like they've got like Yule logs, which is a pagan tradition. They've mm-hmm. they have to have a tree, which is a German tradition, and the mm-hmm. French and the mm-hmm. German don't particularly get along. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's. The, apparently Jesus and they call thing. it Christmas. They call it Christmas. They do. Yeah. Yep. They they are very yep. adamant about the fact that Christmas cannot be stopped. So and it must be know. celebrated. Not but must be no celebrated. Catholicism to be seen anywhere, which is fine. But it is 16th century France. Catholicism's a whole entire deal. They would have been kicking around. A- yeah. Christmas, yeah. Especially for like a prince that somehow got turned into a magic lion monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's yep. uh that people I would say that uh the the Catholics would be concerned. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a, just a, just a, just a two to say. <laughs> so I want now to talk uh, about Tim Curry as just to get more in depth with Tim Curry, Tim Curry as Forte the organ because mm-hmm. there is a level of like um attachment issues and emotional manipulation yes. in this that like is of like Steven Universarian in proportions <laughs> like it is insane it's <laughs> crazy yeah he would rather be a like full like an organ chained to the wall trapped in one room for the rest of his life so that the beast emotionally depends on him he would rather that happen he would rather the beast die than him not be emotionally dependent on him go to therapy tim curry right okay it's bananas (laughs) i have a metaphor i have a metaphor here i need you to bear with me for like a minute we here. Take us on this journey. We're ready. Tim Curry as Forte the Pipe Organ is a early aughts Republican war profiteer. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> he what a is twist. benefiting, benefiting both uh, emotionally and financially because his job is secure, right? from everybody else's suffering the same way that war profiteers would rather everyone else suffer in a state of forever war so that they can continue to profit. He's fucking Blackwater, man. He would rather everything be shitty and him continue to profit because it's making him useful. And he wants to continue to be useful the same way that like that like the military industrial complex needs us to continue to be in a state of forever war to sell their product. This is the internal monologue I had when he gave his reasoning for why he needs to stay a pipe organ. And is there something wrong with me? Maybe. You know, you know how like when you're like trying to get like juice out of like a citrus fruit, right? <laughs> And there's still a, a few, there's nothing but pulp left, and there's still like a few drops left in the midst of all of that pulp. Uh-huh. That's Micah and her bachelor's degree. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! I got a master's to go with it. God damn it! <laughs> 
back so hard I laughed out of my headphones. <laughs> Gosh. Because that was a journey. <laughs> We it got literally, there. Literally, as soon as he said, he's like, I'm useful now. I don't care if everybody else stays a uh, furniture. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it all clicked. <laughs> it also just does, it, it does remind me of like one of the, of like a, a, a musician that has like lost their spark in the end, their limelight, and is like trying to get it back by any means necessary mm -hmm. and they're like i was once the star but now i'm not the star and i need to figure out how to get it back and he is literally trying to keep the beast as a captive audience to all of his performances mm -hmm. yeah but it also reminds me a lot of like the original motivation for yzma in the uh, original version of emperor's new groove which was yeah. called kingdom of the sun because mm -hmm. that movie was supposed to be about her trying to summon demons to kill the sun so it would not make her look old. Oh, I love that. That's Great. cool. <laughs> I stand. Also, like, relatable. <laughs> Another idea that popped into my head about, like, what this could be, and roll with me on this, it's a metaphor for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> trying to keep us trying to keep us engaged with uh apparently the the, the paragons of our childhood by setting <laughs> up uh by setting up various uh different intellectual properties in new quote unquote new and exciting ways uh so aka my, child yoda <laughs> so my bank account is the rose in the bell jar yeah. and my seven dollars a month for disney plus is each petal that falls <laughs> 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 what you're it is mine too as well i mean same and meanwhile forte is just playing his song and we are just i don't even have a rose wrapped... anymore i gave them 70 dollars <laughs> right. you, just... you just ripped all you the just petals smashed off it, yeah. Here, yeah take all oh my, my petals gosh um so okay there is this scene where Tim Curry as Forte is trying to get Beast to sort of forego the whole plan to get Belle to be the one to break the curse and stuff like that. This is after this is around the time I fell asleep. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is when like um, Belle convinces everybody that there's gonna be Christmas in the castle. And mm -hmm. uh, they they're like, well, the master, the beast, does not like Christmas. Brand new development just for this movie. <laughs> and he, <laughs> she's like, we're gonna have one anyway because there are no rules. So <laughs> she goes out to try and find the perfect Christmas tree in a horse-drawn sleigh with the uh, the the spirit of a child possessed inside of a teacup and the <laughs> they're going out and they do all that and beast can't find bell and he gets really angry and tim curry is like yes yes let the anger fuel you <laughs> and don't fall in love <laughs> basic yes he sings an entire song there's an about entire song, song about, about you cannot fall in love cupids made of green 
stuff. It's so oh, we'll get there. We'll get to the green stuff. We'll get to the green stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. it irritates me so much. But, like, yeah. she, he sees her leaving and thinks that she's, like, leaving for good and stuff like that. But they go out and or, the organ, <laughs> Tim Curry, sends Paul Rubens as a piccolo out to stop them from getting the tree <laughs> and stuff like that. So they find a tree. And they chop it down with another, like, character that we didn't meet in the first movie who's just what? an axe. He's a Jewish that axe. One. Yeah, he's, <laughs> a, he's a very, really very Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> it's, yes, oh. you're going to hit me on the Schmitz. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he literally goes, oi! Oi! Like, Multiple times. <laughs> Guys, Again with you. the whacking. <laughs> I, I need to tell you a really cringe story. Oh, please. Uh, more more um, adventures of Micah being forced to go to church with her Protestant parents when she visits them in the village. Uh, you just last... leave it all out today, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we, I went with them to a Christmas service. We always go like to Christmas Eve um, service every year. Um, I have to work Christmas Eve this year, so I might get out of it. But um, they did like a series of like interspersed throughout the service last year. They had people do like dramatic readings from the perspectives of the various characters in the nativity story because mm-hmm. their church is hip. And one of the deacons did a reading as the innkeeper. Everyone else did their mm. readings just like in their normal voices and they just did like they just like read the piece or whatever they did a, they did a prose piece from high school for right? we this all know where it's going one guy, this one guy decides he's like you know what this needs the most stereotypically jewish accent you guys have ever heard in your lives god it i collapsed in upon myself I sank down into the chair. The people directly next to me are just looking at me like, what's your problem? Because I am having a viscerally negative reaction to this. It was this character in The Enchanted Christmas. That level of stereotype is what this man was doing in that there midwestern kansas evangelical ass church it <laughs> hurt me Oof. you know i don't handle secondhand cringe and this wasn't no, even I... secondhand necessarily i don't know it... no, it was firsthand cringe you were there i was yeah. <laughs> to it. it i had to live that after the service i was like did you guys think the accent was really necessary and they're like yeah it was a little over the top and i'm like that's a word for it <laughs> those weren't the words i was thinking there were some very specific words i was thinking oh, yeah. but oh, yeah. man. so i just needed you guys to to live to relive that with me because i was reliving it this entire movie because that was what the axe character is right yes full yeah so we have this axe character with the full-blown if I was a rich man thing going on <laughs> and the, and they chopped down the tree with him. And there's a, that's when I first noticed it. Cause I think, um, I, when I sort of dozed off for the few minutes that I did doze off, I completely missed the introduction of the axe. 
Oh, you missed the boiler room scene. Uh, yeah, so I completely missed the introduction of the axe. So I get in, uh, so we get there and then they just pull the axe out of the sleigh and they start chopping down the tree with it and all you hear is oi again with the chopping and the hitting and ah and I was just like, "Oh, wow. Okay, sure." So they get the tree and they hook it up to the sleigh and they try and bring it back and then Fife uh, Polo Fife uh, decides that he is going to disconnect the horse from the sleigh, which causes a bunch of problems that in <laughs> that ends up in one of those scenes where people are on ice and then they go under the ice Dude. into the frozen <laughs> yep. water. Yep. Yeah. Uh, here's my question: It's a small pond in the woods. Why the fuck would you take a heavy ass sleigh across it instead of just riding around the pond? <laughs> These are questions. Especially when your sleigh is being uh, is being uh, carried or taken or whatever you call pulled by a Clydesdale. A Clydesdale, (laughs) not just a horse. A Clydesdale, the heaviest of horses. (laughs) Big ass horse. Oh man, the size sixteen horses. Yeah, when they rock up to that pond, you can see. It's just a pond. It's pretty small. Yep. It'd have been real easy to just go get out around of the, it. Or get out and of the sleigh, walk across the pond, mm-hmm. get take down the tree, and then like drag it. Because Belle, you're just, not a client. They should have just they should have just brought the beast along. Come on. Come <laughs> no. on. At this juncture, he was already liking Christmas. Yeah, Again, he had the so blue suit like, on. He yeah, was ready to yeah. impress. He would have come. I am yeah. I am very upset that they have him in the blue suit for so much of the movie, though, because, like, this clearly oh, took place before God. the tale is old as time sequence. And, like, you're just <laughs> ruining the, like, big reveal, like, the, like, mm. beautiful scene in the original movie where they see each other for the first time. And they have her and in he's, the dress. They have her in the dress. Yep. Yeah, oh, God, yep. it makes me so mad because I love the original so because much. Reasons. This movie, I don't think we have gotten into it quite enough, just how much this movie hurts me. It oh, hurts yeah. my heart. Oh, no. <laughs> here's, here's another reason why the Beast is totally justified in his rage that he has to go save Belle's stupid ass. Because they place this at a specific point in the narrative at the beginning. Like They, they like make a point to say that this is happening immediately following the incident with the wolves mm-hmm. from the first movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, this girl. Uh, sidebar, I just was, like, Googling wolves the other day. Wolves <laughs> are huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're very Indeed large. Indeed they are. They're so big. <laughs> they're, like, bigger than people. Yes. They're like, very large. They, yes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how I know they're bigger than people. Someone was cuddling one, and I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) What a big dog. It's the biggest dog. (laughs) And the beast takes on, like, five of them. So how big is the beast? I would be the dumbass that would go to Australia and try to pet the dingoes. They always say, don't try to pet the dingoes. I'm the dumbass that would try to pet the dingoes. I wouldn't pet anything in Australia. All of Australia's animals are Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, there's a reason I've never been to Australia. Yeah. Well. So, so Belle has already, like, three days ago, 
if that, gotten her dumbass saved by the beast for traipsing off into the woods by herself. <laughs> so what does she do? Like two days later, she goes traipsing off into the woods again by herself, this time with a sled. And a so, like, teacup. I think and and the and the teacup. A living teacup. That is again and present I... for all of the action of this film. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even, somehow, the, even this part. For the motivation, all of <laughs> all the rising, of action, it. The all climax. Of it. All I'm telling it. you, that narcissistic little shit just wanted to hear his mom tell a story about him. <laughs> that is all he wanted. Oh <laughs> man. So the beast's anger is justified. I think we should talk about Fife for a minute. Can Fife Fife had the best arc of the whole movie. But, but can we talk about how did. he is a piccolo? Why does the <laughs> mouthpiece on the top of his head look like a recorder mouthpiece? Piccolos do not have a mouthpiece like that. They sure don't. Nope, it's just a little flute, and he's not a little flute. He's a recorder with four arms. Yep. Yes, he is. He, <laughs> he um, is. is as annoying as I thought Olaf and Frozen was going to be when I saw the original, like, the original Frozen marketing mm-hmm. featured Olaf really heavily. And right. I thought, oh, I'm going to be so annoyed by that goddamn snowman. And then he turned out to be a delight. Right. Um, but Fife is as annoying as I thought Olaf was gonna be. (laughs) Fife makes me want to hurt something or someone. (laughs) Can we talk about about for like five seconds how like Olaf became a like an existential philosopher (laughs) in the second movie? It's so good. (laughs) I haven't seen it yet but yeah. Oh my god it's amazing. No spoilers, but he does. He like suddenly becomes aware of his own existence and is deeply concerned by it. <laughs> Wait, and is like what regularly is... Having, and like the passage, like... his the passage of time, and how they're all going to age and die one day. What is this yeah. trend of like inanimate objects becoming very self-aware? Because it started with Forky, and now it's moved on to Olaf. Yeah, he's very he's very Forky in that. If Forky read like a shit ton of Nietzsche, <laughs> and it cracked my shit up. <laughs> yeah, it yeah so I, Olaf and like. Yeah, Olaf is basically like fucking Kant in Frozen Two, and it's <laughs> mm-hmm. insane. But, I mean, uh, he's too—he's too depressed and not as much. He's—he's he's too depressed and not like, uh, like morally uptight to be Kant. <laughs> he's someone though. He's—he's he's like, he's just... he's like a French existentialist, is what he well, is. Well, he—it gets to the point, and then the first Frozen, and I'm sorry, this is supposed to be a podcast about Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted <laughs> Christmas, but this is important. <laughs> Uh, the in the first one he like has like a sort of near death experience uh when uh with Anna in the castle mm-hmm. that's right it's like all like oh some people are worth melting for it's cool if i die right now so long as i i'm with you all of that is taken away in frozen 2 for another near death kind of thing that happens to where he just accepts it because <laughs> death comes for us all <laughs> <laughs> exactly right it's <laughs> not an exaggeration well, at all good it's not that's exactly what happened. It is one of the two things that I still think upon fondly about Frozen 2 is Olaf's well, new arc. Is the other one Kristoff's song? song? Lost in the Woods. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, God. 
but yes, uh, back to the piccolo, who is actually a recorder, voiced by Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's awful. He's so, so bad. awful. He probably has the best arc of the whole the whole movie because yeah. he ends up being like oh uh, at the end of the movie he ends up being the maestro that conducts the music yeah. and is like yeah. the the and i'm like that was a nice that was the nicest touch of the whole movie and i was yeah. it was very nice to just see him be like <laughs> me you want me to do a solo <laughs> listen we're a sucker yeah, for a redemption arc so. Yeah. It would have been nicer if he wasn't so fucking annoying. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. His whole motivation is that he is fucking with Belle and like trying to sabotage everything because he's Forte's minion since Forte's bolted to the wall. Yeah. Um, because Forte's telling him it'll give him a solo. Yeah. He's going to write a piece and he's going to give a solo for... I think it says Fife on the paper, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it, say- it says Fife's solo, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Are Fife's and Piccolo's different instruments? I believe so. I think so. And they, neither of them look like a recorder. Fife, a piccolo that's actually a recorder. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, Fife's look closer to recorders than piccolos do, maybe. No, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. But this is, in the, this is in the vein of, like, uh, uh, a fish named flounder that is not a flounder. Oh, right. right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it totally. is. Like, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> I'm looking it up. A clownfish named Marlin. Come on. Yeah. yeah. They, they do this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Are fifes wooden? I think fifes are wooden. I think they are. I'm not sure. Yeah, but... he looked... Well, he looked like a, a combination of, like, a wooden wind instrument. Yeah, he looked because, like a like, mini clarinet. Metal... He looked like a little big yeah, clarinet. He... Yeah, he had the the metal like uh, those those were his hands, the metal flaps that kind of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. allow him to make uh, different pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, neither fifes or piccolos have those. Piccolos yeah. and two. A fife is like a piccolo, but simpler. It's got less holes, and it's got less like. It doesn't have like buttons and shit. We like, are pick- so desperate not to talk about this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm extra eager to pick Fife apart because he's really annoying. He's really annoying. And none of him, nothing about him makes any sense whatsoever um, in terms of his name or yeah. animation structure. Yes. But before the before Beast actually goes to save Belle from the icy waters or whatever. He is talking to Forte about it, and Forte is telling him to destroy the rose so everyone will stay beasts in appliances. And yep. the <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, and he like picks up the little glass enclosure that the rose is under and stuff like that. And Tim Curry goes like, "Smash it." <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. I was like, oh, nope, 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 nope. Uh, Somehow, because Tim Curry is all like just that lilt that he has to his voice 
always sounds at least somewhat sexual. <laughs> and in that moment, yeah. I was really uncomfortable because it sounded like Forte, the pipe organ, really wanted to fuck the concept of be staying cursed forever. And you absolutely did. Don't let anyone tell you No. It was very disconcerting. <laughs> The entire sequence with the cupids. Yeah, Dan can is we can, can we talk about that? There is a lyric in a Disney movie that says, "If you're turned on," because I need to talk about that. Oh, why? Yeah, you're right. Because that in whole that sequence song. is really uncomfortably yeah. sexual. It says, if it you're is. turned on, just turn off, which is, one, yep. a really dumb lyric. And also, you can't yep. say turned on in a Disney movie. What are you doing? Also, also. It um, was the B-string team. Is... So they were like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I also think that this is an important time to talk about uh why did the curse make this random pipe organ person so powerful? Like, right? That is so confusing. He, like, one is has, like, magic Rasputin from Anastasia 1997 powers right. coming out of the pipe organ parts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That can, like, like, that can either, like, make people levitate or, like, kinetically, like, push people Mm -hmm. around and Mm -hmm. i'm like okay why does this organ have this power why can't like cogsworth stop time (laughs) right fucking clock stoppers yeah why is it like like... elsa but with everything burning (laughs) like it's great i like that is this should have been an x-men movie yes yes beauty and the beast this is all yeah beauty and the beast should have been uh disney's x-men yeah colon Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and, and then, like, they get back and everyone, uh, well, he, the Beast locks Belle into the uh, dungeon and stuff for leaving. Mm. And she's just like, I, I wasn't leaving. I only wanted to make you happy. And I was just like, I don't think the original <sighs> Beauty and the Beast really gives a lot of merit to the Stockholm Syndrome thing. This movie incredibly does. I hate it. It is all I over it. Hate it. And and then uh, all of the um, all of the people who have been turned into things in the castle, including our new bevy of characters, who are all either Bernadette Peters as the Christmas angel that goes on top of a tree, or a bunch of faceless yet still sentient Christmas ornaments. <laughs> That, that, that like during Bernadette Peter's song they like sing background like the spoons and be our guest did not sing background like you didn't hear voices coming out of the faceless spoons but you right. hear voices coming out of the faceless ornaments to be what? fair there was a it's... precedence precedent set uh with the faceless glasses very very aggressively yes. whining at the beginning of this movie yeah the wine glasses <laughs> puns we love them that's one of my freezies look at that (laughs) yeah look at that so i didn't see that coming (laughs) but yeah so uh they sing that truly truly awful song um yeah (laughs) they sing that song and then the beast is like can you ever forgive me 
sure. Why not? <laughs> I, I'm here. I've, I've been living with you for all this time, you violent, violent monster. I want and... that to be the actual, like, moment of reconciliation. Like, yeah. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it, it was so, it was so dumb. But then, like, Forte gets, like, like, I guess he just like hears it on the wind like a shaman or something like that <laughs> that they've reconciled and senses it in his pipe <laughs> he senses it in his pipe <laughs> <laughs> now that sounds like a dick Sexualize a pipe organ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this is gonna be a wild edit. Um, Yeah, so uh, Mm. (laughs) Forte catches wind of uh, of of them having reconciled, and then proceeds to play himself. So intensely <laughs> that that it destroys the very foundations of the castle. He's trying to bring the house down <laughs> with his one I'm... final performance. And where 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 Tim Curry. <laughs> Uh, goes, they can't fall in love if they're dead. <laughs> oh, Tim Curry, God. you're not wrong. You're right. I, I mean, mean, technically I'm that's true. That, I'm surprised that that wasn't plan A from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, let, let's let's like bring back the fact, this is a mid-quill. So we are to believe that in the story of Beauty and the Beast... The castle broke in two, and nobody mm-hmm. mentioned it. Yep. Nope. <laughs> it never time? came up again. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Um, so, but then, so uh, yeah, he destroys himself. Yes. No, mm-hmm. but then the be- uh, no the beast actually rips out the organ. Like he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. Out, rips the out beast, the organ, like hulks the keyboard away and like yeah. chucks it. Yep. Yeah. Chucks it into him, and then it just he collapses in on himself. Yeah. In a fit of uh, of um, don't say passion. Chords. <laughs> beast. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And then they have Christmas. <laughs> And then, <laughs> it was they have Christmas in the famous costumes from the God. It title pisses me off so sequence. much. It it pissed me off too. I was like, that's kind of dumb, super dumb. But then uh, they're just like, and that's what happened last Christmas. <laughs> and they're like, wasn't it a great time? And I'm like, the castle split in two. No, it wasn't a great time. Also, I have a logistical question. What did Tim Curry's body look like when they all got turned back into humans? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that occurred to me. It's like, wait, they're all going to turn back into humans. Is he just, like, 
crumpled on the floor? <laughs> There's half of him at least somewhere in another part yeah. of the castle. Was he torn Jesus. in two? These are the questions that haunt me. <laughs> oh, oh, man. My goodness. This is, it's so funny. It's so funny. I, I, okay. Just this. It's, yeah. I have another um, logistical question that is not related to Tim Curry at all. But the way that they bring Cogsworth around to Christmas is by tempting him with all the food from the Christmas feast. Can he yes. eat? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think they eat. Why is it that yeah, they tempt him with, with food? All the trimmings? <laughs> oh, it's God. legitimate. Also, Question. where are they getting all of this food? Are there like, is there like a farm on the castle grounds? It's the enchanted right. castle in this enchanted forest that no one in the neighboring town seems to know exists. So they're not getting livestock or crops from there. Mm -hmm. This is, this is so much, they, they, oh, there's so much. The enchantress so set How did Belle survive? Because even then, all of the food that might have come, was she just like surviving on, I don't know, the beast attacking a random deer that came by the oh castle? Was she having like leftover wolf nuggets for a couple of weeks? <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> He's so gamey. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't know. It, there, this opens up so many questions. I feel like- it's one, of those, it's one of those things like a Christmas prince. Because the the wonderful thing about uh, Hallmark Channel or Netflix holiday television movies is that they're one and done. Right. But Netflix yeah. has broken this uh, by yeah. making a franchise out of The Christmas Prince, which just opens more and more and more and more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Because you keep going back and you're just like, okay, so how does this work? How does this how does this country seem to survive on an economy that's based solely around Christmas? <laughs> why is why like it there all of these questions get answered and that's what happens with these Disney sequels too, because mm -hmm. you have this contained thing and then they're like, Oh no, there was more story. There should have been more story. <laughs> no. Yeah, Not bringing more story just makes us question the source material in ways that we wouldn't have. If it was contained and it was a thing, I can suspend my disbelief. But now you're telling me that Judeo-Christianity exists and they have all the same holidays and you've got people dying while in furniture form. Well, that's going to make a mess. And, and no one has ever had a lustful thought except for this super horny pipe organ. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> who is this for? Okay, one question before we jump into Freezies. Okay. What's everyone's favorite song from a direct-to-video Disney sequel? Oh, um, I know, immediately. I, I, I do, too. we have the same one. Do we have the same one? I think we do, yeah. Okay, Megan, you go first. Um, My Lullaby from The Lion King 2. It's uh, it's her, it's her uh, villain so, song. So, yeah, we we do have the same one. Yeah. What's yours, Dan? <laughs> I thought we did. Um, mine was mine's probably "He Lives in You." 
Oh, I forget <laughs> from that the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forget that he lives and you yeah. was in that one. That one's great too. Are yeah, you guys? I think one. I know which one you guys are gonna say because it's all close. Oh yeah, wait, no, no, no. Pendy. Yeah, yeah, ours is Upendi. That Jimmy Buffett <laughs> song in the middle of the Also, but also I also love the basically what we're finding out is that all of the Lion King two songs are gold because I also love the one where they kick Kovu out and they have the like super yes yes it's so good basically transparent animals in the sky take away from this it's just simba take away from this pod is that the lion king 2 is great Please go watch yeah. that instead of watching Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas. If you're going yeah, to watch a Disney sequel. watch a go Renaissance watch. era Disney sequel, watch The Lion King 2 because Enchanted Christmas is if, hot garbage. If only to see the corporeal bust of a gazelle in the <laughs> afternoon sky <laughs> singing Deception. <laughs> Yes. Before Simba turns away from you in disappointment. <laughs> but also Margaritaville with... With shipping. Like, Rafiki and you, Pindy. Rafiki with like palm frond heart-shaped parachutes off a waterfall. And, animas, and, and, a, and like a lot, and animals doing a conga line. Yes. yes. Just, <laughs> indeed. As two lions go down a tunnel of love and parachute into the night sky on palm leaves. Yes, The Lion King 2 is great. It's not, but it is. Um, bonkers. That's a good great. log line. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was uh, the best we could do with Beauty and the Beast calling Christmas. And it's we'll what it deserves. Right back. <laughs> with our freezies Smash it. so we're back and this is the point in the show where we give away freezy awards it could be something that we liked in the movie something that we thought was funny something uh that we just want to joke on some more so uh you guys have been on the show before you know the deal Megan, do you have freezies for Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas? Yes, I have one for, we didn't really touch on it that much, but in my opinion, worst character assassination. They, like, ruined the Beast. He was mm. never this bad in the original. Like, he had a temper and he could be a jerk, but it was always because he was, like, set off by something and yeah he had a bad temper and reacted badly but in this one he's just like mean the whole time and like cruel the whole time and it just yeah he's whiny he's like and uh hated it they did my boy adam so wrong um my boy adam my boy adam um but no so character assassination on that point hated it but then i will say it for a positive freezy I don't have a title for it, but I liked Belle's dress at the end. Her little Christmassy dress. I thought it was pretty. Um, oh, yeah. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's my positive for the movie. Good dress. <laughs> <laughs> Good dresses. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dan, your turn. Uh, do you have freezies for Beauty and the Beast? The uh, Christmas? I have a freezy for... Um... I, I Can we call them... Can, can we just... I'm going to give them the, the second stringer award. 
for the entire writing team for this movie. <laughs> They're like, somehow, somehow, all the A team is in. The varsity team is in. They're in the game. They're playing. All the main cast is back. They got new players on the team that are like should be adding to the to the whole dynamic. Uh, and, and somehow they just got the junior varsity to write the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> so it's the junior varsity or the B team or whatever you want to call it award. I give it to the writing staff of, uh, of this movie. And then um, the most confusing instrument award goes to <laughs> Fife the Piccolo slash recorder. <laughs> All right. And Micah, do you have freezies? I do. So... Um, my first one is a positive, and, um, so the award for the sequence with the prettiest animation goes to the storybook thing. Mm. Uh, just mute it. Uh, mute it and <laughs> enjoy that pretty, uh, like, medieval manuscript-style, uh, animation sequence. It's nice. Uh, that story is, the song is fucking awful, but, um... <laughs> My uh, second award is decidedly a negative, and that is for the worst retcon. Uh, this added nothing to the original story that A, made sense, or B, was good. Um, <laughs> my third freezy, um, y'all can decide if this is a positive or a negative, but this is the first movie to make me have to contemplate what it'd be like to fuck a pipe organ. So. <laughs> Positive, negative, <laughs> <laughs> and those are my freezies. CJ, what are yours? Well, my first one goes to the um, excellently uh, imagined yet uh, shoddily executed pun of the wine glasses. Because <laughs> yes. I, because I spotted them two scenes before the pun actually went off uh, because I was very disturbed as to why these stemmed goblets had mouths. <laughs> <laughs> and logistically, it's not like they when you put wine in them. Because <laughs> it's not like they needed them to communicate because there are Christmas ornaments that have no facial features whatsoever who have no trouble like humming along <laughs> background to the songs mm -hmm. and like cheering mm -hmm. for you when something <coughs> happens. So that there's that mm -hmm. second goes to, um, I would say that I thought that the worst song in a direct to video Disney sequel, uh, was probably where do we go from here from Pocahontas to journey to a new world. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <coughs> However, um, it has been surpassed by this truly nonsense lullaby that they give to Bernadette Peters called As Long As There's Christmas, that they have the nerve mm -hmm. to do a pop cover of in the credits by Peebo Bryson and Roberta Flack. <laughs> Fuck you. Like... How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Oh. And 
Good grief. And then also uh, a freezy to myself for asking the question I feel like any sensible person would ask watching this. Why wasn't Belle's Christmas wish just to go home? (laughs) (laughs) Good good, good, good point. Excellent point. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So... uh, those were those were my freezies, and now we've reached the point where we decide whether or not uh, the last movie of season one is still fresh or freezer burnt. <laughs> I think we've got a unanimous <laughs> one here, mm-hmm. so I don't really mm-hmm, think that mm-hmm. uh, we need to go through us all. It's 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 uh it's in the back there. It somehow managed to get mold on it. In the freezer. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You bring it in, yeah. It's just it's it's been back there for so long that we don't even know what to do with it, and so we throw it in the trash, and then we got to take <laughs> the trash out immediately because yeah. you don't want it stacking up the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a Christmas fruit cake that you got a few years ago and just stuck in the freezer and never thought about. <laughs> have yep. you ever had a fruit cake? I before? sure have not. Because I've never had one. No. Nope. And there's all like culturally, it's just like this, thing, and it, I think my curiosity from them is being birthed from the great British baking show uh-huh. because yeah. they make a lot of fruitcakes be- on there. They make a lot of fruitcakes on there, but they make fruitcakes that look good. Right. I'm right. sure that yeah. they would be good. And my grandma makes a fruitcake every Christmas. Um, it's fine. I don't love, it's not cause it's not actual fruit in American fruitcakes. It's that little like fruity kind of gummy, but not gummy, gummy candied. It's candied like fruit. Candy. Mm-hmm. Fruit. It's like candy fruit. It's not candied fruit. It's candy fruit. Um, oh, ew. It's Weird. Fine. It's <laughs> not great. I don't like, like a panettone, but with like jujubes in it or something. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's nuts in it. I don't like nuts in my baked goods. Oh, I, I don't, don't either. Really like not at all. My mm. grandma puts nuts in fucking everything. Um, <laughs> It's fine. I like a macadamia on a white chocolate uh, chip cookie. I, that's, yeah. that's about as far as I can go. Mm. I my would grandma uh, puts walnuts in chocolate actually, no, chip I'll cookies. Take, my papa like puts pecans as well in chocolate mm-hmm. chip cookies. It's just... I'm a fan of a praline as well. <laughs> I'd be also, I'd be very curious to try whatever figgy pudding is. <gasps> very true. I... Oh, I'm going to try it. I'm going to, in, in a couple of weeks, when because I'm taking a literal vacation for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm uh, not a literal vacation, but just like paid vacation from work. <laughs> right. Um, the uh, I'm gonna try and make sticky toffee pudding for the first time. Ooh, nice, fun. That sounds yummy. So very fun. Yeah, that should be fun. But yeah, uh, this is uh, the final episode of season one of Below Freezing. Yay! Huzzah! <laughs> yes. We went a whole year. You did it. We made some stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you made the We things. sure did. Proud of you guys. Can't say we didn't accomplish anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for being on here and celebrating a weird sort of milestone thing with us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you it for was, having us. Absolutely. It was so much fun. All right. Um, and Micah, you do the outro stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm waiting for CJ to do a thing. Listen, if I didn't fuck something up, it wouldn't be an episode. <laughs> I was like, we decided 10 episodes ago. You're we the did, outro. And I'm, like, I'm, to do it. I'm like, why isn't CJ doing it? I'm, a I'm just, I'm haunted by the sexuality of Tim. <laughs> um, yeah, 
yeah, uh, thanks for coming, guys. Um, Megan, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at MNLynn92. Woo! Yeah. And uh, Dan, what are what are you working on? What are you doing? Where can people find you? Um, everybody can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the D Purcell. That's at the D P U R C E L L. I also have a Spotify page, which in the new year will be populated with actual music. Finally, we've heard some of it. It's good, y'all. It is good. <laughs> it is. It is good trademark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So I'm excited about that. Um, also, every now and then, CJ and I have a second show um, that we get together and do called um, Dan and CJ's Group Chat: Colon the Podcast. Um, we just talk about things about it on on whatever whatever's on our mind that week uh every now and then it's just another way for us to to get together and talk like these have been and i gotta say gotta commend you on sticking through the year and hopefully in the new year have more exciting bigger things for below freezing yeah Yeah. we uh, we we are we got our second season it's being planned as we speak We've got some returning guests. We've got some new fun people that we're going to be chatting up these movies with. And uh, it's going to, I think it's going to be a good year. So, woo. Yeah. So we're very excited. CJ, where can people find you on the internet? At CJ period. That's C-E-E-J-A-Y in the word period. I'm assuming you know how to spell it on Twitter and Instagram. Do not find me anywhere else. It's probably a bad look. Don't look. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at MikeRenaeB, and you can find me on Instagram at LowKeyStrokeTheLemur. You can find the show at Below32Pod. That's everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Give us a like. Give us a follow. Um, If you want to give us a review, five-star reviews help people find the show easier. And if you don't think it's five stars, we would love to hear why. We're always looking for ways that we can improve. So... That has been season one, and Woo! it was a blast. Yeah. And thank everyone so much for listening. And we will be back at you with new episodes in the new year. And until then, y'all stay frosty. Happy mm-hmm. New Year! Bye. Guys. Bye.